Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of That's Entertaining. This evening we will be discussing, or actually this morning, whenever you're listening to it, we'll be discussing Jessica Jones, the first season of the Marvel Netflix series. And to discuss it with me is one Mr. Scott Drummond. You may remember him from a previous entertaining chat, and he has a comic called Night Smoke. Scott, welcome back. Hey, no, thanks for being, uh, inviting me back. It's been uh, it's good to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you back, good sir. So tell me, what has been going on in the realm of Night Smoke and your endeavors of late? Uh, so um, I have been doing a Kickstarter for the second book. I'm glad you asked. Uh, basically, uh, the first book that I was kind of talking about when I was on here last time yeah. uh, has a sequel. And so I am uh, running currently a uh, Kickstarter right now to fund the printing of the second book. Uh, it's all done. All the uh, basically all the art's done. Uh, the book I've kind of put together for the most part. Uh, and so as of recording this, it's got like seven days left. So by the time you are listening to it, it's probably even closer. Uh, so check it out. Um, you can either go to kickstarter.com and search for night smoke, all one word, or go to nightsmokecomic.com slash Kickstarter. And that'll redirect you, uh, directly to that page. Um, but basically, yeah, so it's about, uh, it's a, uh, about a 60, 70 page book, uh, it's gonna be a soft cover, perfect bound, uh, and have about 60 pages of comics in it. Plus I've got about, oh gosh, I think I'm up to like seven guest art pinups nice. from a bunch of my artist friends that I've made uh, doing all this stuff from conventions and things, uh, just kind of being on the internet. Uh, so I'm really excited about those. I've kind of been kind of revealing those as the campaign goes along for each like you know milestone we hit. Which has been really fun to see other people do my character in their style. Which, uh, it's a really super cool thing to see. Uh, you know, I recommend it to people. If you've made up somebody, have somebody else draw it. Like, <laughs> it's super interesting to see how what other people pick up on, and you know the kinds of characterizations that you're like, oh yeah, like, I've been trying to pull those out, and other people have picked up on it and uh, you know are using it. It's really cool. So. Um, yeah, so basically, like, yes, you can get the book with the Kickstarter. You can get uh, prints of uh, 11 by 17 prints of the individual issue covers, which are look going to look awesome. Uh, you can get commissions from me, and I think there's one uh, level where you can actually be in the book because I'm doing an exclusive epilogue just for this book uh, that won't be online. So that's that's what's going on. Printer exclusive. Yeah, so basically, uh, the Night Smoke itself is a webcomic, right? So uh, I, I've got the whole thing up online for the most part, but the epilogue is going to be only in the print book. Well, I guess it'll be in the PDF also if you buy the you know $5 PDF through the Kickstarter as well. But basically, it won't be available online for free. Well, everybody, you know, you would want the physical version because... Uh, are you, do they have the option to get it signed by you? Yes, actually, that's true, too. Yeah, every single one of these for the Kickstarter is going to be signed by me. And there's also another option for uh, a little bit extra that I will uh, draw whatever you want inside the cover of the book. So basically on the first page, I've left a big open page there. So 
um, you know, for, for some extra money for, you know, towards, uh, the, the project, I can draw something that of your choosing. So let's say coach Mo, who's one of our regulars listens to this and he's like, Oh, I want this. And I want you to draw the Hulk. Yeah, no, I've done that. It's, it's a lot of fun. We, I did these for, uh, the first one of these. And it was a ton of fun to see the kind of crazy stuff that, uh, people wanted to have drawn in their books. It's really cool. Like, I mean, there's a bunch of people that of course want my characters and things like that. But uh, there's definitely some like, oh, I never would have thought you, you know, like kind of out of nowhere characters that uh, are, you know, I would have like, oh, I got to kind of look up what that costume looks like or see what that's all about. And, then, and you know, and then I get to like learn about different, you know, obscure comics yeah. uh, that people are like, oh, I always get this guy. You know, I always get somebody to draw this guy, which is cool. You know, I think that's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's really cool. So and for people who are curious that are listening, where can they go right now if they want to look up your your work uh so my uh personal portfolio site is scottdrummondart.com that has a bunch of sequential pages and things basically the idea there is like here's all of my you know kind of uh black and white for the most part you know pinups and stuff uh and sequential pages but uh nightsmokecomic.com is where you can read the whole of uh the comic and get you a good idea of what the first and second books are like so, so how far along is, so this is volume two that you're doing the Kickstarter for Yeah. on the website. Is it like into volume three at this point? No, the website's current, like it's up to volume two. So okay. basically I finished volume two and then immediately started working on the Kickstarter <laughs> figure, you know, use that kind of momentum, uh, and, about I think it was two weeks ago. Uh, I'm based in Kansas City, and two weeks ago we had uh, Planet Comic Con here. So I was kind of trying to hit that mark of, you know, get the whole book ready to go, so I can you know kind of uh, be able to tell people about it at the show. Because uh, I don't do too many shows, uh, but that's definitely one of the bigger ones I, I hit up. Very cool. So, how has your experience been so far with Kickstarter then? I really enjoyed it. Like the first one I did, I, I did the first book through Kickstarter and it was really great. I, I had a really low goal. Um, you know, I kind of was, you know, didn't just kind of testing the water. So I had a, a goal of like a thousand bucks and I hit that in like two days, which was awesome. Um, but then I didn't really know what to do and it ended up that it did really well. And I think I got like over $4,000, uh, by the end of the 30 day period, which was great. Uh, you know, and I made sure like I, I luckily I'd read enough, you know, horror stories and what to do, what not to do to make sure to incorporate shipping in my costs to really like weigh everything before, you know, going, you know, figuring out how much shipping would cost and to kind of not screw myself over in, in, in those kinds of areas. So I wanted to be very smart about the project and, you know, I had the book done like that that's kind of the extra bonus of, you know, getting it already is that once you, you know, some Kickstarters will be like, Oh, I have this idea for a comic, uh, you know, help me fund the next three months of my life while I make it. And it's, I, I wanted to really, uh, make sure that, you know, people that back my projects will be able to have their books in a relatively timely manner. Um, so I have the whole book, Currently, for the second one, it's all laid out in InDesign. I just have to do that three-page epilogue, stick it in, and it's ready to ship off to the printer for the most part. I'll probably have an editor look at it too. But 
for the most part, it's pretty much ready to go. And I've, I've, you know, doing this, you know, with that first book, and then I've been doing uh, individual issues uh, of the of volume uh, two. You know, there were three kind of cut the story up into three like twenty-ish page issues uh, that I would sell at shows. So then. I've got it all laid out there, so it was really easy to, you know, pull that into uh, a one singular document and and get get it ready to ship out. So I feel like it's kind of a gold hat now. Like I, I got this. Like right. Like <laughs> it's weird. Uh-huh. Right. Like it's uh, you know starting this whole thing. You know, really. You know, doing the first one five years ago, I thought I knew so much uh, about making comics and things, and now I'm like, oh god, I was such a fool back then. <laughs> you know, which is you know, I guess great that you know you learn things as you go, like anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been a ton of fun to do all that. And you mentioned before that. You called it a perfect binding on this. Uh, yeah, yeah. What does that mean? So basically, that means um, that's that, that's kind of a, a terminology for printers. Um, basically, it's not stapled in the back. It has a nice cover that is uh, like square at the back. It's not like a hard cover. It's still like a paper stock, but it's like just a really, really like thick, thick, thick paper that you'd think of as like a trade paperback um, of any other comic, you know. But it's not like the floppy stapled where you can see the staples. It's 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 just bound very nicely instead of a stapled comic. Very cool. And how many pages did you say that this was? I think it's going to be like 70, maybe more. I don't know. I kind of want to throw extra stuff in. Like I, 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 I'm bad and I want to like, you know, give – all of my secrets away. Like, I'm like, Oh man, I'm really excited about this. And I really want to add this and that onto the book because just cause I want it right. Like I, 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 with the first one I wanted to add like a how to, or a, a making of section. Um, and so luckily we, you know, I, I set a pretty low, um, uh, stretch goal for that. And we hit that. Uh, so I really was you know excited about making that making of section, but, I already did that now, so I can't redo that. Uh, so that's why I did the guest artist pinups, and that's going to be you know seven or eight pages. I've got a few other uh, artists. So, so uh, oh gosh, I got to pull up the list. I've got. Um, hold on, let me see here. Oh, this is awful. I'm the worst. I'm the worst friend. I just want to make sure I don't forget anyone, right? Right. Uh, but I've got. I, I've so so far I've posted uh, uh, Vince Medellin. Um, his one posted the other day. He's got this great kind of like anime uh, story uh, storyboarding uh, style that is fantastic. Uh, so I've posted his one. Uh, I've got uh, uh, my friend, my buddy Jordan Kroger, who does this book called The Fist, and he does a bunch of stuff. But he has this really kind of brushy ink style uh, that he does like crazy uh, Photoshop colors over. Uh, so he's turned his in and I posted that the other day and it looks pretty, pretty awesome. I really dig that one. Um, I got, uh, Paul Southworth who has a super cartoony, like kind of crazy cartoony style. Um, it's very clean lined, illustrative stuff. And I got his the other day and I can't show it yet because, uh, actually I think we just hit the mark today. So I'm probably going to post that out. Uh, tomorrow but so i'm really excited to show that one 
and I got Chris Grine who does a comic called um, uh, Wicked Crispy, which is a really uh, it's like a dirty He-Man. If that makes sense, dirty he man. Yeah, it's it's so crazy. You've got to check this thing out, wickedcrispy.com. It's like, um, it's basically like this like alternate universe Skeletor, but like it's all this very cartoony stuff, and awful things happen to him, and uh, it's kind of like this like middle management Skeletor. I don't know, it's hard to explain, but it's like awful, awful, awful stuff happens to this character, and you're just kind of like cringing the whole way through it, but it's so funny. <laughs> um, I'm some of it now, it looks interesting. It's really weird, but really great. Like, he, uh, Chris Grant's a super funny dude, and he, uh, he also, he's done a book called Chicken Hair, um, in the past. Uh, I think he did, uh, one or two books of that. Um, and that, and those are really great. Those are kids books though. The very different tone. And he's doing another one right now through, um, uh, I think devils do or first, uh, it's called the witch finder general. It's he and, Oh, I've got it right here. Hold on. Let me find out who the writer is. Oh, it's Chris Wyatt. Is the name of the writer? Gosh, I'm a jerk. Uh, Chris Wyatt. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. That one's kind of like this guy who uh, goes into uh, the um, he, he he wants to be a government intern and he gets assigned to this uh, witch department uh, and everything goes terribly wrong. It's great. You should read it. But Chris is in it. Uh, Buster Moody is going to be in the book. Uh, Buster does uh, really crazy detailed awesome art uh he's done some covers for ninja turtles and uh he did a godzilla issue recently he's just awesome stuff he has a book called task task forced rad squad uh which you can get on comiXology um he does that with caleb uh Gullner, if i'm pronouncing his last name right i don't know if i ever said it out loud <laughs> um but yeah, he's an awesome artist. Uh, my buddy Steve Daniels, who does a a a, a book about um, it's uh, about this like superhero rabbit and this green cricket that's kind of like Bruce Lee. Uh, it's uh, called the Dark Hopper. Uh, and uh, my buddy uh, Brian Timmons, who uh, is doing this book with my friend C. W. Cook called Barons. Uh, anyway. There's awesome artists. I just wanted to talk about them all, but yeah. they're great. Uh, and I've got more uh, lined up too, but I can't talk about them yet because it's kind of a stretch goal thing. So, but if you like awesome art and you want to see awesome art, uh, it's also going to be in the book. Uh, definitely uh, check it out. Very cool. So, how how far close or how close are you now to your goal? And what is your goal again? So my goal uh, is $3,000. So basically I, I wanted to kind of up it but not terribly much. Um, I wanted to have something that was still pretty reasonable. Um, but, you know, I, uh, I might I'm th- I'm gonna think about trying to do um, a pretty large run here because it's, so far I've done three runs of Night Smoke Volume 1 and kind of just want to have a whole bunch of books um, for this second book so i don't have to keep going back to printers and things so uh that's kind of the reason for the three thousand dollars um 
think it's a pretty reasonable goal. And we are at $2,243 as of right now. So um, pretty close, pretty close to that uh, with seven days left. Uh, so here's hoping. Uh, I think I'm going to do a pretty big push in the next week. So here's hoping that people are like, oh, yeah, I've wanted to donate to that or pledge to that and just haven't done it yet. <laughs> yeah, and you got one which I backed you today at one of the goals, which actually gets you the first volume and the second volume. And that, I mean, if you're interested in what you hear Scott talking about and you go check out his site, you can get both the first volume and the second volume. I think it's, was it 30 bucks, 25, somewhere around there? Yeah, I think it's, uh, the first book's 10 bucks, the second book's $15 and there's $5 shipping. So, um, 30 bucks. Yeah. So that way you're able to kind of get caught up and be current as well as help get this Kickstarter guy funded. So if you want to head over to Kickstarter and check it out, it is, uh, if you search on Kickstarter, you search just for Night Smoke, right? Yeah, you can just search for Night Smoke, all one word. I'm sure two words probably works too. But um, you do that or do um, nightsmokecomic.com slash Kickstarter, and that'll redirect uh, straight to the page. Very cool. So... In addition to getting your Kickstarter funded, is there anything else that has entertained you recently? Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to kind of go, I'm going to run the gamut, right? So uh, one, I'll talk some comics. So uh, I didn't mention Chris Grind's Witchfinder General. That book's great. I've got, I got the new ones from him at Planet and they're awesome. Uh, what else have I been reading? Um, man, the new Wicked and Divine book, uh, I, I just finished that up. Uh, that's a good book. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, if you haven't heard of Paper Girls, I'd recommend that. Uh, that book is, is kind of off the wall. It's, it's, uh, have you heard of Saga? Yes. Yeah. So, um, it's written by the same guy that writes Saga, Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, and the art is done by, uh, Cliff Chang and it's kind of about these, uh, like high school girls that deliver papers in the nineties and then things sort of take a, a really weird turn, uh, that I don't want to give away because I knew nothing going into this book and was like, wait, what is happening? And it's awesome. I'd really recommend that one. What's the name of it again? Paper girls, paper girls. Okay, like 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 you know like Paperboy, like the mm-hmm. old Nintendo game, but girls. Um, that one. Um, let's see here. What else have I been reading? Um, I've actually started. I've gotten back into. Uh, I'm reading Way of Kings, uh, the Brandon Sanderson book. Uh, I'm trying to get through it. It's such a good book, but I'm so bad at like reading novels. Um, just cause like in the way that he writes is like, he jumps around from character to character, which is cool. And I love that writing style, but it also makes for really great places to put the book down, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's, it's harder for me to like, Oh, that's you know, plow through the next chapter. Uh, so I've been reading a lot of that. Uh, I've been playing, uh, so, uh, I've been playing some Cthulhu Wars. 
Have you heard of this game? I haven't heard of Cthulhu Wars. So it's a okay. So it's a board game, right? And it's kind of like Risk, but very complicated. And there's um, there's a bunch of like gigantic miniatures. Like calling them miniatures is probably uh, doing them a disservice. If you just Google like Cthulhu Wars right now, and uh, I'm doing it too. Uh, and you can kind of see the gigantic miniatures of these things. Right, my buddy uh, got uh, a bunch of, like, he backed this project on Kickstarter, and he's gotten them all in. And there are just these crazy miniatures that are super cool to look at and, like, turn around. And and uh, But the game itself is also very fun to play. Basically, you're trying to, each one of these, like, everyone has their own, like, set of special powers that you gain throughout the game. Uh, trying to take over the world and bring apo- uh, bring on the apocalypse, which is very fun. Uh, so that's pretty cool. I've been playing that and enjoying that. Um, trying to think of TV that we've been watching. Oh, and Deadpool. I just saw Deadpool for the first time the other day, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> what was it about it that you enjoyed? Gosh, uh, you know, I I didn't I didn't see it in theaters, and I was kind of uh, like, eh, Deadpool. I don't know if he's for me or whatever. Like, I get it. Like, I get Deadpool. Like, uh, okay, you know, crass and mouthy, and basically a thirteen year old boy. Uh, you know, that is, you know, and I and sure, like that that net, that has never really appealed too much to me. I like, you know, usually more earnest stuff. Um, but the girlfriend and I gave it a try and she was like, you know, we should watch it. And I was like, all right, I don't think you're going to like it. And we both really loved it. Uh, we were both very pleasantly surprised. And maybe we just, that's also just because we went into it knowing exactly what it was going to be. Right. We knew it was going to be super crass, super violent, um, have that kind of toilet humor, but also kind of have that fourth wall breaking that, you know, is, is classic Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Um, but gosh, it was just such a fun movie front to back. Um, yeah, I, I was really very entertained by it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, I think that's cool. about it. So, as far as things I've been entertained by, then honestly, not a ton right now. Uh, the TV shows have all kind of ended, so mm-hmm. no new TV shows. That it's all kind of season finale territory has been coming on. Uh, as far as movies go, I haven't watched anything new recently. I've kind of just, I was just traveling. Yeah. I was out in San Francisco uh, for some business. And uh, while out there, I got a chance to kind of hang out with some cool people. Nice. Uh, and I got a chance to check out some of the sites. Like the Golden Gate Bridge was really cool just to go out there and just check it out and drive over it. I went to Lucasfilm and Lucas oh, wow. ILM out there. Uh, that was a pretty cool just to go in there and check things out. There's a Yoda fountain out there uh, nice. that I got a selfie in front of, so <laughs> it was uh, definitely worth the visit. And I got to uh, just, you know, I went down Lombard Street. I went to Pier 39. I saw Alcatraz. I, I pretty much crammed as much as I could <laughs> to see That's San awesome. Francisco into this little trip. And I got to meet up with one of our awesome listeners, Dan Anthony. It was uh, great to meet him. And he actually introduced me to one of his close friends, Marty Sleva, from uh, IGN. And I say close friends because 
sometimes when you talk to him, he's like, yeah, sometimes I just run into people, you know, here and there. But uh, it was it was really cool to be able to meet Dan and walk around the city with him. Uh, we had sushi and some pizza and some uh, some good beer and a crazy drinko plinko game at a place called the Jackalope. So, and that basically what that consists of is taking a ball and you you get whatever you get. Right there's nine different options, and you put the ball up there and it falls down. And whatever you get, you look at the the corresponding, you know, one through nine, whatever it is. I mean, you can get anything from like a PBR to a bottle of champagne, four shots, <laughs> you know, bartender's choice, whatever it is. So both he and I did it. You know, we we figured what's what. Let's give it a shot, right? And we both ended up with the same thing: two twenty-four ounce PBRs. <laughs> it was not what we. It was were like right in the middle. No, and that was the weird thing. It's like over. It was number two, so there was slot one to the right, which was a good one. I can't remember what it was. And then there, then there's two, you know, through nine, and so we both put them in different locations too to drop it down. And after that, we looked at the bartender. and we We're like, seriously, I, this thing's rigged, right? He's like, no, I mean that's never happened. So I find that hard to believe that's never happened when literally <laughs> just happened. And then they also had a thing at that bar too later on that. It was called uh, Flip It or something like that where your first drink after 8 o'clock, the bartender would flip a coin. You call it in the air. If you call it right, heads or tails, it was a dollar. Otherwise, it was just full price. And so we were like, you know what? We're going to go ahead and you know get a beer or something like that. If we get it, we get it. We don't, we don't. And I was figuring, you know what? We kind of lucked out with the, with the Drinko Plinko. Maybe your local change and we can get a, at least a dollar drink. Nope, we both called nope. it wrong. I called heads, or I called tails. He called heads, and it was. Oh no, you, time. you can't switch it. You got to keep going. You got to <laughs> ride it. I know, but you know, it, it just—it was a fun night at that place too. You could go up to there was like a little loft area, and they had a Nintendo in there with Duck Hunt, uh, so we could play some Duck Hunt. Nice. We got the high score, but it must reset a lot. Uh, and we also got—we uh, played a little bit of. Well, not a lot because the controller was kind of sticky. It was kind of weird. The buttons kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we put in Mortal Kombat into the Sega Genesis and played that up there too. It was a cool little spot. It was it was great. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, we ran into Marty Sleva, one of the IGN editors there, uh, and it was it was just a fun time. And we uh, let's see. After that, I think we pretty much just went back, and I took the train back to my hotel. But it was a great time. Um, I highly recommend if you have a chance to go check out San Francisco. Uh, go walk around the city. Go check it out. Go drive down Lombard Street, and just it was just beautiful just to spend a day driving around it, which I was able to do on one of the days at least. So great area, great people, and I definitely would recommend that as a location to visit. Now, Lombard Street, is that the one that's like the crazy switchback, like the the back and forth all the way down that hill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one way down a hill, and then it's like, it's only like a block long. So you just kind of go back and forth, left and right. It was pretty fun. I mean, now I can say that I've done it. Sure. Uh, And, you know, those trolley cars and everything, anywhere, cable cars. I can't remember what they Mm -hmm. call them, actually. I think they're trolleys. I don't know. But, you know, they're there. Obviously, it's a San Francisco icon. So it was it was a great uh, little little uh, experience out in San Francisco. Um, flights were pretty good. On my way there, I only read one comic. I brought a whole bunch of comics, downloaded digitally and physically. I had some to read, 
And the only comic I read was the new Captain America, the Steve Rogers Captain America one. Oh, yeah, yeah. What did you think of it? I thought it was interesting. I want to see where they're going. Uh, right, you know, that's what I think, too. It's like, very I mean, controversial. I, right. Like, uh, I, I just get so mad about people who freak out about the first issue of a new thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, it, it frustrates me. Like, I don't know. Did you did you read uh, this whole Superior Spider-Man thing? Uh, I have not, actually. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I liken it to that, right? Where, you know, they uh, kill off Peter Parker and, and have Doc Ock, like, take his place in his body and, like, all that kind of stuff. And people freak the heck out, you know? And it's like, oh, you know? And it ended up being a really great, you know, 30-issue run or whatever. And I, it's really interesting and really entertaining. Um you know, I think it's some of the most, you know, better, in, more, more interesting Spider-Man stories for better, you know, even though it's not really quote unquote Spider-Man, uh, it's not Peter Parker, but it, it's sort of this interesting like post 9-11 uh, take on surveillance and, you know, uh, future crime and, you know, how much is, you know, too much and all that kind of stuff. Like, I, I think it's an interesting, you know, way to kind of tell that story. Um but you'd never be able to do that with, you know, Peter Parker. And then people would be mad that Peter Parker was doing it and right. all that stuff, right? So, um, but, so I, I guess I, you know, just want to, you know, I, I give writers a lot of slack to do that kind of stuff because it's like, you know, let's see where it goes. Let's see what happens. Let's, you know, let's not just go, oh, throw this down in disgust. Mm-hmm. You know, for all we know, he's, you know, triple agent or some craziness. Like, I don't know. He was a werewolf at some point. Like, come on. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I mean, in, you know, I don't want to spoil what's happened in that issue for anybody that hasn't read it yet. But yeah, there was another person around there that he may have been doing that to influence. So you never know what, what the whole what the whole shtick is. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's not over till it's over and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, any first issue is supposed to do this, right? It's supposed to get us talking about it. Like, that, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah, man, it's worked. Right. I mean, and, and the thing is, it came out at the same time as DC Rebirth and guess what everyone's talking about? I'm talking about Cap. Mm-hmm. So, sorry. And, and, and man, DC Rebirth is supposed to be really good. I'm really excited to read that stuff. I haven't read it. I'm going to have to go download all that on uh, Comixology or whatever just because I, I was at a, um, my local comic shop uh, the other day, and they were all sold out. Wow. They sold, yeah, they were sold. I mean, it, it came out two weeks ago, so, I mean, they sold out pretty quick of that. But um, And they were saying he sold out of all the Flash uh, one, the Flash number one of that. Like, he had a whole bunch, of, like you know, 150 of those, and they were gone by three in the afternoon. So people are buying that, those books. All that rebirth stuff is doing great. It's doing yeah. gangbusters. Like, which is super cool because it seems to be a much brighter, more optimistic tone, which is a, a change away from that new fifty two stuff, mm-hmm. which is way more in my wheelhouse. So I should be buying it. I should be supporting that, you know, change of direction because I appreciate that. Yeah. And so I have the DC Rebirth and the oh, number yeah? ones for all of them, but I haven't had a chance to read them yet. I was actually before we recorded this evening, I stopped by my local comic shop over in Washington, Illinois, Zeke's Comics and Games, and they still have some of the rebirths there, as well as some of the number ones. They don't have all of them, I don't think. I think they sold out of a few of them, but they have uh, a lot of the number ones still there for, like, 
uh, Aquaman. I, saw, I think I saw Green Arrow. I think I saw Batman. Uh, I don't think I saw Superman. Um, I heard really good things about that Green Arrow number one. Like, I saw a couple pages of that, and it looks great. Like, I love that cartoony style they've kind of got going on. Like, it's not like cartoony, cartoony, but it's like a little bit more stylized. It's not the, you know, someone trying to rip off Jim Lee style that they did for every book in New 52. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'm just so excited to see them trying to do new things. Like, I really want that to work out, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I think, you know, the, the whole, uh, you know, Batgirl, you know, ma- you know, back, you know, and Stewart and, uh, Tar and, um, oh my gosh. Oh shoot. I can't believe it's evading me. He does Gotham Academy. He writes that Fletcher, Brendan Fletcher. Uh, when they redid the Batgirl stuff at like 35, like I think that helped pave the way for, hey, we're going to, you know, relaunch some of this stuff for different audiences. And that's great. Not everybody wants everything to be Batman, right? I love Batman, but there can be only, well, I guess I can't say there can be only one Batman because there's like six <laughs> Batman books, right? But uh-huh. there's can only be so many Batman books. Uh-huh. That's right. <laughs> well, speaking of comics. How about we go ahead and go into our entertaining thoughts for this week? So Jessica Jones uh, is the second of the Marvel Netflix series that was released. And last week we actually talked about the second season of Daredevil. So that technically came out after this, but I mean, you can watch them whenever you want. There's no, at this point, there's a really a big order to watch them for the Netflix series at this point. So to this point, uh, have you seen uh, all of Daredevil? Oh yeah. yeah. One and two. Okay. Yeah. We, uh, we blew through that uh, pretty quick. <laughs> and did you see civil war and all that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you guys talked about civil war already? Yeah. So I just yeah. want to make sure that we cover our bases because ladies and gentlemen, we are entering spoiler territory for all Marvel cinematic universe content that may be discussed at this point because we're going to be current. Uh, it's going to be, I mean, if we want to reference something with Civil War or Ant-Man, we might want to do that with the with this discussion. So be warned that from this point on, if you're not current with watching the Netflix series as well as um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or the latest Marvel movies, uh, Captain America Civil War, you may want to pause it and come back. But... Since you've been warned, spoilers ahead. (laughs) So last time we talked about Daredevil Season 2, we kind of just went episode by episode, but I don't want to do that with this one. I just kind of want to talk about the the season as a whole and what we've seen so far with Jessica Jones uh, and reference, like I said, anything that you would like with Avengers or anything like that. So just give me your impression, Scott. What did you... what did you first of all expect going in to see Jessica Jones and what was your takeaways then watching it? Uh, well, one, I expected it to be great. Like, uh, I like Bendis, uh, you know, and I like his, his comic writing and I, I actually hadn't read any of, uh, the, the, the comic that this is based, that was kind of loosely based on, uh, kind of going in, which probably helped me not really try to compare it back and forth. Um, but I, I liked a lot of his other stuff. So I was like, you know what? This is probably going to be really great. I like Kristen Ritter. I liked her on breaking bad. Uh, I didn't see B in apartment 23 or whatever. Uh, 
I've heard it's fine. I don't really know anything about it, but <laughs> I was excited about that. Uh, you know, and you know, I was gosh, after Daredevil, right? Like I was just excited for anything else. Like seeing, like I was like, give me all of the shows, <laughs> give me everything. I was so excited about seeing more of that stuff. So I was very excited going in. Also, uh, you know, my girlfriend got a little bit, you know, sort of bored during, you know, I skipped ahead on some Daredevil stuff. So I really wanted to make sure that, you know, since, you know, female led, you know, show, I was like, all right, we're going to really watch this together. I'm not going to skip ahead where, you know, and she loved it also. So nice. Like, uh, you know, she didn't, she hasn't really given too much of a crap about other ones like Avengers who cares, whatever. Actually her, her favorite Marvel movie is Ant-Man. Really? Uh, she loved it. Like she was expecting zero going in and loved that movie. So, uh, I was like, all right, let's, let's, you know, let's rock Jessica Jones. Uh, and so she, you know, we were, we basically rolled through it in like four days, maybe, uh, went through and, and, and just, and just killed it. And I love that show, man. Uh, it was so great. Uh, it's so good to see, um, that kind of down to earth superhero. That's sort of, I mean, superhero is sort of a loose term, right? Um, mm-hmm that sort of down to earth, uh, real person, real problems, but not in a kind of soap opera way. Um, you know, seeing her and Luke Cage, you know, that kind of chemistry they had is incredible. Um, you know, the, uh, just so good. Um, what else? Okay. And of course, um, Kilgrave, Jesus. Uh, huh. Uh, horrifying, right? And uh, I think my one of my okay, so not to jump too far ahead into the discussion, but I think my one of my favorite things about that show, and I sort of realized it about halfway through while I was watching it, um, was that it really has that strong theme throughout, and it's very consistent with that theme, and I really appreciate it. And some people thought it was a little overhanded. I'm you know, sure, but I, I appreciate that it wanted to say something and wasn't afraid to say it. You know, just basically talking about um, uh, trauma and and uh, PTSD in, in in a lot of different ways, right? Like, obviously, Jessica has you know PTSD uh, and is haunted by you know. One, obviously, Kilgrave and that whole situation that she was in, but that's terrible, right? And uh, she's got, you know, and then she's also, you know, the, the trauma of losing her family at a young age, you know? So she's dealing with, you know, that trauma and, 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 and doing all that. But, you know, so the, fo- the show obviously is very much focused about that. But there's, you know, it, it then touches on different traumas that other characters are trying to go into. And so, you know, you've got um, Trish. And her trauma with her mom, you know, so dealing with that, you've got, um, oh my gosh, what's the guy's name? It's not Smith, is it? It's the, the, the guy with the pills. Uh, Smith? No. It's, uh, pills. you know, he takes the pills. He was the, he was the cop, the blonde guy. I want to call him Nuke because that's oh, like. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name, but yeah, he's. 
he's kind of the soldier kind of guy. Right, right. But he obviously has the PTSD of, right. you know, the you know the war that you maybe traditionally think of PTSD. I've forgotten about him actually. Right, like, but that's like, and so like his whole thing is like that uh, is, is all that sort of you know war PTSD, and he kind of snaps back into it when he, you know, sees you know Trish in that bad situation or whatever, and so like. Uh, so that's all really interesting. Uh, I don't know, just dealing with that, you know, trauma and how everyone has that sort of thing in their life, uh, I thought was very interesting. And how they really gave all those characters room to explore that. Right. And that's why Netflix is really a perfect spot for, for this and Daredevil, really, because, I mean, this one even more so than Daredevil is character driven, I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, this is a very character-driven show, and um, yeah, gosh, I just, I, I really want a Patsy Walker TV show after seeing all that, though. <laughs> so, I, like, like that, like, like I wanted, like, I was like, give me that, like, seeing you know Trish take that pill, and I was like, what, what the world? And she, you know, uh, I was like, give me that show, like, I want, I want to see Krav Maga, Patsy Walker, you know being hellcat and, and kicking ass and taking names like give me that show that sounds incredible but i you know I'll, i'm sure we'll see her again uh and i'm so excited about the luke cage show coming up in what september mm-hmm. and he luke cage is a good bit of casting because i've seen him in other things before he was in that the the latest halo live action tv show slash movie thing uh, he was Spartan Locke. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but he not so great over there. And mm. here he was. I thought he did awesome. He was he was a good representation of Luke Cage. Yeah, I thought he did a great job. Like that guy. Well, one he's just built right. That is a he is a handsome man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like he is. Uh, he's got that you know the muscle mass to to pull off Luke Cage. I thought he, but he also had that sort of you know tender side. You could definitely see that he you know cared about Jessica and cared about his wife, and oh ah you know oh, that's so good. And you really felt for him. Like you got. I don't know. I thought that so did a really good job of um, showing you and, and getting you to care about every single character, and even Kilgrave, right? Like they even get you to like kind of for you know a hot second there in the middle sympathize, like, right? You're like, oh well, maybe his parents are evil and did this thing. Well, no, he's awful, right? <laughs> like, no, just kidding. Just take we're gonna take all that away. Just kidding about all that situation. But man, all that stuff where he was like in that creepy chamber. Like, and they had them all pinned down or whatever in mm-hmm. in, in there. Mm. Oh, gosh, and I forgot about the lawyers. Yeah. Carrie Ann Moss. Oh, uh, my gosh. And I can't remember the other other one there. Her, her, uh, her wife. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that sort of like, you know, uh, the trauma of like exes and stuff. Ugh. Death by a Thousand Cuts. <laughs> Jeez, that, that was hard. That gives it uh, a whole literal meaning, doesn't it? That's <laughs> so good. Because, I mean, if you haven't watched the episode yet, dear listener, I hope you would have, but Kilgrave obviously commands people to do whatever he says, right? And so he says, you know, kill her, like death by a thousand cuts or something like that. What exactly did he say to to prompt her to do that? Do you remember? 
Did he tell her to kill her, like cut her a thousand yeah, times? Yeah, it was like give her give her a death by a thousand cuts or something like that. I don't remember what the exact line was, but yeah. <laughs> she's just counting aloud and cutting her little bits. You're like, mm-hmm. no, stop. And it's menacing too. I mean, she can't really control it at that point, obviously, because it's established that Kilgrave is right. Can't you can't break his his hold on you unless you're Jessica oh, Jones, right? Well, and even then, like even, you know, and she didn't really even realize it until later, right? Mm-hmm. Like she didn't even realize what, that he, she, he couldn't control her anymore until like about halfway through the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was really interesting turning point too. But I always, I don't know, like I think, what am I, uh, I, I there's just so many great little moments in that. Like when he's trying to amplify his powers and like you see the guy who's just like staring at the light pole. Mm-hmm. You remember that, that little point where you're like, Oh no, no, it's awful. Right. <laughs> you're like, he's doing like you, you know, I think it did a really good job of show. Don't tell in that sense. Right. You understand what he's trying to do because it shows you that power in action. Uh, you know, because it was very much established early on that, okay, his, you know, power wears off after an hour or whatever. Yeah, but this guy is definitely still standing there. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I forgot about the junkie neighbor, too. His, he's uh-huh. got the PTSD of being a heroin addict. Oh, my God. I mean, the the whole AA group thing, too. Right. But, I mean, so this show really starts off, was it in the first episode or two? And it has that case that she's working on as a PI. Mm-hmm. And it has that girl that her parents mm-hmm. are looking for her. Yeah. That just sets the whole tone for the show because, you know, she finds it. She thinks she's doing good. Then all of a sudden she's like, wait a second, something's not adding up. And then before she could stop it, the girl, you know, killed both of her parents. And was she under the control of Kilgrave? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was like, yeah, I think his last thing to her was probably like, go with Jessica or whatever. And then when she's out of your sight, kill your parents, mm-hmm. which is awful. Like, how, like, ah, it's so messed up. Mm-hmm. Like, because at that point, you think, okay, cool. This is going to be like a, you know, a, 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 a villain of the week kind of. Uh, here's the case she has to solve this week. Okay, it's gonna each episode's gonna wrap up like a nice, neat little bow, and she's gonna solve one of these every week. Everything's fine. No, it's not. Nope. <laughs> I mean, it really, the way that episode ends, she's kind of like it's got that yay, everything's kind of wrapped up thing. She's got a sense of accomplishment, kind of uh-huh. good acting, and right. you just get that from her. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh no, you know, it's the acting in this series by it was Kristen Ritter I believe right yeah 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 really well done I mean you can tell by the way she acted both physically and verbally and you know everything that this was you know a a broken person Mm -hmm. and I mean she was trying to find solace she was trying to do this but then all of a sudden this happens and she's like I gotta get out of here I gotta go I gotta go but you know she stays and is able to overcome you know, Kilgrave and her inner demons and everything like that. And it's just, it's a great story. And one of the best things or best scenes I remember from this uh, season was, and I'm glad with this, I went in avoiding all trailers. I was able to go in and I didn't see any trailers. And that's how I try to watch most things. I, I'm totally of that same ilk. So 
I'm super glad that I was able to avoid it because there was one scene and it was the police station scene. Yeah. When, you know, she's in jail, then she gets let loose. And then every like cop is there under the control of Kilgrave. And it's just like, holy crap. I mean, that was an intense scene. You didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, very easily, Kilgrave could have had them all kill each other. But, man, it's just... Seeing that scene just play out, it was masterful. It was really well shot and just unexpected. I mean, when she walks out there and sees all that, that was just... That was crazy. Yeah, it was really crazy. Oh, God, it was so good. And, like... Yeah, when he, the whole, like, this is going to be a really funny joke. And you're like, oh, God. And then they reverence it later. Like, it's like, that was a really messed up thing that happened. We're not sure what happened. But but they were all <laughs> laughing about it. Yeah. They were all laughing about it. And it's a really weird prank. But, you know, we, and we could all get in really big trouble for that. And it's like, no, he made you forget. Oh, God, that's awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. the and So David Tennant played Kilgrave, right? Right, right. His portrayal of Kilgrave is... So you look at Kingpin and you look at Kilgrave, right? And I think they're Mm -hmm. probably two of the best villains in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And part of that's probably because you get a lot more time with the villain, right? You get more time over this 12 or 13 episode season that you can come to, at one point, sympathize with the villain. Right. And so it really fleshes that character out. You don't get time with a lot of the movies to really get that sense of, you know, yeah, I can kind of see where they're coming from kind of perspective. With them, it's pretty much like you get the Malekith of of Thor the Dark World, and he just wants to turn off the lights. I mean, it's just... Right. It's a terrible villain, but just in the representation that they were able to show on screen... You look at the comic books, you get more fleshing out, but on the movies, it's a lot harder to do. And so that's why with Kill, Kingpin or Kilgrave, they're some of the best representations of Marvel villains at this point. Oh, I totally agree. Like, I, uh, yeah, the, the the Wilson Fist they've got going on in, in, um, in Daredevil has, I mean, it was a Vincent D'Onofrio. He is incredible. Like, Staring at that white wall, like in the in season two, where he's staring at the white wall in uh in, in jail, that's one of my favorite things. Like just like oh god, he's doing this again because you know after the white painting, uh mm-hmm. in 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 the first season, and it's like oh man, I know I I just know exactly what he, and it's also part of writing too. But like oh, you just you feel right where he's at, and you know. And that scene also where he, uh, uh, when Matt goes in and tries to like be like, we're gonna, I'm, you're never gonna see Vanessa again. And he's like, just goes crazy. Mm-hmm. And you get it. You get why. You're like, oh no, Matt. <laughs> you done messed point. up. You done messed up, Matt. <laughs> you done messed up, Aaron. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, God, it's so good. Uh, I, I, I really liked him. I thought he did such a great job and, you know, and the only, okay, there's, there's only one and it's a very silly thing. And this is also just cause I'm such a comic guy. Right. But there's only one thing I would have changed with Jessica Jones. It's, um, after, uh, Kilgrave gets like the crazy shot 
uh, in like the second to last episode or whatever, I really wanted him to have a purple face after that. <laughs> right? Like it would make so much sense. Like he's trying to up his powers. He's trying to do this kind of crazy stuff. He's doing everything he can. And he's pushing it to this weird limit. I think you can do it, right? I think you can put him in purple makeup for an episode. Because that's, <laughs> that how, he be the, that's how he is in the comics, right? He's, he's, you know, the purple man. Like this whole thing is he's the purple man. Mm-hmm. And I think you could have gotten away with it. In that episode, just for one, and I know that David Tennant probably wouldn't like to just st- be stuck in a trailer doing that, you know, that makeup, but at least it wouldn't be for the whole show. It would just be for one episode and it'd be done. Like, but yeah, seeing it in, it, it, I was really, really like, oh shit, I know what they're going to do. They're totally going to, uh, you know, do the the purple face now. And I was like, Oh, I'm so excited about seeing that. It's going to be so creepy. And they didn't do it. And that was my only complaint. Such a minor, stupid, like nerd complaint, but that's it. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's one thing that I always think of that's just kind of like a little bit of a, a funny kind of flaw in this. I can't remember which episode it is. I think it's in the middle, maybe second half of the season, but, uh, after Jessica goes to live, I think at the house, and there's those two maids, or like the butler and the maid mm-hmm, that he mm-hmm. has under his control, and they can't look out the window or they can't blink or anything until Jessica comes back. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as he commands them not to blink, one of them blinks. <laughs> I just thought oh, it was really? kind of funny. Yeah, it's just just one of those little super silly kind of just like wait, what? I mean, you had one job, Mister Actor. You could have cut. You could have cut that differently, yeah, Mr. Editor. Uh-huh, exactly. You could have cut that scene a little bit. Uh, you just moved it a little bit. Just, just uh-huh. cut a little bit, or maybe CG some eyeballs in there or something. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like just like right after he's commanded, like three seconds later he blinks. I'm like, oh come on. Anyway, I mean that was just the stupidest little thing. But the way that this episode or the season ends is is powerful. I mean, we didn't even really talk about Night Nurse. You know, she's in this. Right. And she comes in and looks after Luke for a bit. And then there's, you know, the whole dynamic between uh, her and Jessica Jones talking. And mm. it's, yeah, it's it's really good. I mean, the fight, too, between Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, again, was intense. Right. Oh, my gosh. That whole episode where it was like... Oh yeah, he's over here, and you like no, he's been under the control the whole time. Mm-hmm. Oh no, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just turns like that. And it was just really again, uh, well done writing and everything. Just execution was perfect, and the fight itself, like when they go there, I think she gets a shotgun at some point, right? And that's eventually oh, yeah. how she stops him. Mm-hmm. But man, I, that was just. Like Terminator, right? Kind of intense. Like, like he's a Terminator coming after you because he's indestructible. Yeah, you, you can't do? hurt him. Like you can't hurt him, and she doesn't want to hurt him, right? That's exactly. the other thing. And you don't like... want her to hurt him, but you want her to live. So, it, as a viewer, you're like, "What? This is a rock and a hard place. What are we gonna do?" Like you gotta stop him. Like you gotta like cold cock him, but like you can't like really hurt him. Uh, oh God! And then uh, yeah, that one scene too where he breaks out and uh, Trish is like trying to like put the bullet like in her brain, mm-hmm. like that one. That scene like was like oh, oh no, yeah. it's she's like and she's on the ground like tapping it against her mm-hmm. or, or put the bullet in your head. 
Right. And she's and like, I forget who came up, but like put, had her put it in the mouth, her mouth. And I was like, Oh God, that's mm-hmm. so messed up. <laughs> well, uh, it's a show that's definitely different than daredevil in the sense yes. that, you know, in, in daredevil, it is very much a comic book TV show, right? He's a hero origin stories, learning his powers and kind of becoming the people or the hero that we know. And Jessica Jones, not a ton of people know who Jessica Jones is, right? Um, she likes it that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, when you're looking at, at, the, at the presentation and things like that, comparing Daredevil to Jessica Jones, it is a completely different uh, portrayal. I mean, with, with Daredevil, you know, you have a lot of ninja fights and things in that, you know, uh, him training and she never trains once her training is picking up a bottle and drinking it. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's, it's, it's just completely different from what you'd expect from a typical cartoon or not cartoon, but comic book movie. You know, this is in the same universe as the Avengers as Iron Man and Thor and all that people. And yet this is a complete different tone to tell the story. And yet it, it all works together. It still jives everything functions uh and they're able to do a really good job telling the story and it's impressive for that fact i still think i prefer uh, daredevil just because i'm more of a fan i think of daredevil as a character and the way that they portray it as a comic book story but for a noir type story with a superhero twist this is really well done yeah that's tough i mean i think I like them for different reasons, right? Like, I don't want to like be like, this is better or worse. Like, I think, I don't know, like for a comic book, you know, I was going to go pure comic book show. Yeah. Probably season one of daredevil is better, but just as a show show, uh, I think Jessica Jones is a better show show. Like, and yeah, I liked season two of daredevil, which is fine. It got a little convoluted in the middle towards the end. Uh, I still don't know what that hole in the ground was for. So I, I had to have, you know, take marks off for that. And like, uh, it kind of lost a little bit of that real world grounding where, yeah, it didn't really, the whole, you know, all the ninja stuff didn't, it wasn't as set up as, it, as well as it, as it could have been. I don't know. There's, it, it kind of lost a little bit in the middle there. I liked it a lot, but I, I have some problems with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Jessica Jones, man, like that show is just on the money. Except I do, I do wonder why they also just didn't put headphones in like Trish did in the, in the last episode. Like just do that a lot earlier. What, what were you doing? Uh-huh. Why well, didn't have that idea early on? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, no one had, no one thought of that yet, obviously. Right, right. I know. It's just kind of a funny, like, oh, you guys, you probably should have done this earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, again, it would. it's a solid show. It stands well on its own. Like, if you don't even care about any other piece of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think this is this is a show that you could go in and just watch for itself. You yeah. know, like you say, a show show. Right. Absolutely. Like, I think it's, a, it's definitely a great standalone show. And, and I think uh, a thing it does really well is that even though it is – a lot darker and has those, you know, that darker tone, uh, than a lot of, you know, comparative to like guardians or, you know, Avengers or whatnot. Uh, it still does have some, you know, very fun, lighthearted moments, I think. 
you know, it's not all gloom and doom. And the, the color palette of the show can, it is brighter at some points, right? Like, it's not all at night. It's not all in dingy alleyways. Like, there's, you know, parts where she's going through Central Park trying to, you know, track somebody down. Or, you know, going along the street or, you know, trying to do things during the day. And I think that helps the show not feel so down all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think those are really, really important choices uh, that, that the, the show, the showrunners made was to not make it all night, all dark, all downer all the time. Also, you know, I always think that those kinds of things help for general understanding of what's happening in shows. Like if, if it's too dark, you're going to get the Batman begins thing where everything is just sort of happening and you're not sure why. Uh, I think the show does a really good, the, the, the direction of the show, especially like, like you're talking about, um, the scenes with, uh, where Luke Cage is coming after her, right? Mm-hmm. Those, sh- those scenes are shot really well because they're pulled out. You can see, very clearly what's happening and when in, in relation to what, right? Like, and, and they're also lit really well so that you can see the danger is very real. Like it's not very convoluted with quick cuts and, and, and stuff like that. It, it, it doesn't do that. And so it makes it more visceral, I think. Well put. Any final thoughts, or does that kind of wrap up your summation of Jessica Jones? Jessica Jones, it's really good. You should watch it. <laughs> We've given it all away. Uh, oh, so, there's, uh, there's still a few surprises in there. <laughs> if you've listened to this episode and you haven't watched Jessica Jones, what have you done? Why have you done that? <laughs> what you should have I done? <laughs> uh, if, but if you have skipped ahead to this part in the show, rest assured that you should just pause it Go watch Jessica Jones and then start this episode over. That's what my recommendation would be. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Awesome. All right. So let's wrap up the show. Next week, we will be discussing Independence Day. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) My girlfriend is so excited about that movie. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to be... The new one is Independence Day Resurgence that's coming out in, I think, now two weeks. So we'll be discussing that the weekend it releases, I believe if not shortly thereafter. And next week we'll be discussing, was it 96, 97? Uh, the 97 or 96 film starring Will Smith. And nice. that is Independence Day. I think it's 96. I think it's 25 years or 30 years or whatever. Like it's like, it's, or yeah, it's 20 years because it's, I think it was on like a 20 year anniversary cycle. Okay. Or Sounds maybe it was right. 91. It was 20 years, 25 years ago. Wow, that's that's pretty crazy. So we'll be discussing that, and following that, I can't remember on what's on the docket right now, but I do know that we have Jason Bourne coming up. We have Suicide Squad coming up. We've got a lot of uh, movies that will be going to the theater to check out. So feel free to check them out, and I may be possibly going to see Warcraft at some point. I'm so. going tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> are Are you a Warcraft fan? You know, okay. So I played WoW uh, for a couple years and and and, and escaped. 
relatively unscathed. I, I liked it a lot, uh, but I just, you know, doing comics and stuff, it's, 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 it's too much of a time suck. But now I'm going tomorrow with a buddy that I used to, you know, play with. And uh, I'm, I, I'm kind of excited about it. I don't think it'll be good, but that's okay. Like, I think that I can just enjoy – like, it's nice – to be going to a movie that's like a nerd movie <laughs> that I don't feel a lot of like trepidation over. Like I'm not worried that it's going to be bad. Like, you know what I mean? Like it can be bad and I won't care. Like, you know what I mean? Like if, if like a, a Spider-Man movie is bad, like I, it hurts me. Like, cause I love Spider-Man so much or like a Captain America movie is bad. I'm like, I love those series so much. So if they like are really terrible, like, I'm like, oh, man, that really sucks. But, like, Warcraft, I don't, you know, like, I am excited about it. It might be bad. It might be fine. But I, I, I it's nice to, like, not be, like, weirdly, like, fan personally invested in it, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. The I've talked to people that have seen it already that were very excited to see it because they had played wow they play the games so they knew the lore of the movie going in sure so sure if you're familiar with that i guess it's a lot better uh if you're not super familiar with the lore then you might want to brush up a little bit like with some youtube videos or something to kind of catch up but i think if, if you have any sort of investment with world of warcraft or the warcraft games or anything you'll probably find it, uh enjoyment you'll probably find it entertaining there you go yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to go do a matinee of 3D tomorrow. So awesome. I, I think it'll be fun. Yeah, there'll be good times. Uh, tomorrow, actually, I'm going to go check out the Peoria, Illinois Ace, the Artists and Comics Expo. Um, Ooh. So they're doing a two-day event. It's going to be Sunday and Saturday. Um, so starting tomorrow, I think at 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. And that's going to be... Um, the Lakeview Center, I think. I'm not 100% sure. Just Google Peoria Ace, and you'll be able to check out the happenings there. Uh, there will be a bunch of local artists, and uh, I know some different comic book outlets are going to be there. So I'll, I'll be over there tomorrow checking things out, and I will report back my findings for sure. And then I think I might go check out, possibly later tomorrow, the Warcraft film. And if it's worth discussing, maybe you'll see a bonus episode on the feed. So we'll see. So, Scott, once more, let us know, where can we help you get your Kickstarter dream funded for Night Smoke Volume 2? All right. You can either go to nightsmokecomic.com slash Kickstarter or just go to kickstarter.com and search for Night Smoke. All one word. Um and yeah, there's great stuff on there. We're really close to the goal, and maybe we'll have even gotten closer by the time this episode airs. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think you're really going to enjoy it. It's it's a lot of fun, uh, and I've, you know, been working on it for a few years, and it's 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 really been a passion of mine. So, definitely check it out, give it a look. Uh, I think you'll dig it. Yep. And as of right now, I just refreshed the page. You have 70 backers, seven days to go. And a total of $2,403. So you have $600 left to go, and you'll meet the goal. So help him meet his goal. And where can we find you on Twitter and social media places? Oh, right. Uh, so if you like Night Smoke, you can quote-unquote like it on Facebook. 
Uh, and that's pretty easy. You just go to facebook.com slash nightsmokecomic. I am on Twitter uh, at Scott Drummond. Very easy. I'm also on Instagram at Scott Drummond. Uh, and then I'm on Facebook, me, myself. I think it's Scott M. Drummond, facebook.com slash Scott M. Drummond. But you can find me uh, through the search, I'm sure. Um, I don't really Snapchat anymore. I don't get it. I'm too old for Snapchat. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta figure it out, man. I gotta, I gotta figure out what these kids are doing with the snaps, snapping stuff. You know, it. That's a, a rabbit's hole. You'll never figure it out because by the time you do, then they're on something else. They'll all be gone. I, I thought, I thought I was cool being on Instagram. I love Instagram though. Like it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as far as the show, you know, we have a very small social media presence. One of these days, maybe we'll do a Facebook page. But for now, you can find us on Twitter at EntertainingPod. Or you can shoot the show an email. That's entertaining at gmail.com. Uh, I do have a that's entertaining that, that email address. But until I get the ports figured out, I'm not even going to say it anymore. So just use Gmail. It works for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, you can find me on the Twitterverse. At Sith Nightmare, S I T H K N I G H T M A R E. And if you ever want to play any games on Xbox or PlayStation, you can add me there too. I am Spider Jedi. So that takes most of my social stuff. Scott, thank you again for joining us to discuss not only your Kickstarter, but also Jessica Jones. Oh, no, thanks for having me. This has been a lot of fun. I, I always love talking about uh, all this fun, you know, stuff. I, I, I love it. And, um, yeah, it's it's great to talk about all, like, the inner workings of it with people that really, you know, know and study and care about that stuff. So this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. No problem. It's our pleasure. So, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for listening, and we hope that you have been entertained.